You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. Whose world is this? It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Happy New Year, everyone. I know it's been several weeks since we have last connected together, um, but I'm really excited to be back, to be up and running, and to really be connecting with you guys. And I really hope you guys are excited as well for what's to come with Frida's World for this new year. So I hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. I know by the looks of your social medias that some of you guys were truly enjoying yourselves, especially the group of you guys who went to Afrochella, who were in Ghana for the holidays. I all I kept seeing, you know, during the holiday season was just Ghana pics, pics, you know, from Afrochella. I was having a little bit of FOMO because I'm like, man, I wish I was there because I think this year was dubbed the year of the return. And so a lot of my you know, friends and people I went to college with were popping up on my social media in Africa. And I was like, what? No invite. Um, <laughs> but I really hope you guys had a great time. Like that's truly an experience that I'm hoping to have one day. I've been to Africa before, but I've never been to Ghana and I've never experienced Afrochella. So I'm hoping that one of these days, one of these years, I'll be able to get myself together and be out there turning it up with you all. For those of you who stayed local like I did, I hope you guys had a great time with family and friends. You know, the holidays... Um, I mean, Christmas season is my favorite season. The Christmas New Year season, my favorite. Um, because, you know, the, you know the, the music's in the air... You know, we have gifts. We're giving gifts, especially to the children. Um, we get to spend time with our families, with our friends. We get to eat good food, drink good drinks. And, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed myself this holiday season hanging out with my goddaughters and, you know, my relatives who I don't really get to interact with and connect with during the year. And also the end of the year is a time where whether you're spending it with family or not, it's a time that a lot of us tend to kind of wind down a little bit because a lot of times the bosses are away. They take their two weeks vacations around the holidays. They're away. The offices are slow. People are are barely there. You can slip in, slip out, take two hour lunches. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's perfect. So it's a perfect, it's a perfect getaway, you know, while you're at work in a sense. Um, so I really hope you guys took that time because 2020 is here. You know, we're not only in a new year, but we're in a new decade. And it's interesting because I didn't necessarily realize that we were entering a new decade. I think I was just preoccupied with everything else to really realize that. And so, you know, entering this new decade puts some sort of like added pressure on, okay, what am I going to accomplish in the next 10 years of my life? Like what, like I'm in a position now where I'm, I'm in that 10 year mark where you have to like make it and make it big, right? At least that's the, you know, perception. And so being in this new decade, definitely, it, you know, I'm definitely trying to start it off right, trying to set things up in a way where I will achieve the goals that I, you know, set for myself for the next 10 years. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of that going on right now. 
So I entitled this show New Year, um, not <laughs> not quite the same me, because I realized there's this mantra going around now. I don't know if you guys have noticed that New Year's resolutions is not really the thing anymore. People are not really talking about New Year's resolutions. They're not really making them per se, or at least they're not calling them New Year's resolutions. But I've been seeing these posts, you know, New Year's same me. And although I feel like a lot of people who are posting it are probably just on some sort of bandwagon because I feel like trends are just and everything's a trend nowadays. But I, um, you know, at first I was like, yeah, I I can understand that. It's a new year, but I'm still the same person. I'm not a new person, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like new year. I don't necessarily want to be the same me. So that's why I named it new year not not quite the same me because i don't i don't really want to stay the same me i want to improve i want to be better i want to i want to i don't want to be a new me i don't want to be a new version of myself i want to be a better version of myself so that's what i'm really looking into um i think in this year and you know for the for this new decade is you know new year not quite the same me new year better me um because i feel like it's important to not necessarily be stagnant and to really stay the same you and so on today's show i'm going to talk about this tedx talk that i listened to um about a week ago maybe a couple days ago to a week ago and i feel like it totally changed my life and it changed the way that i perceive things it it, it changed my outlook on how i read a peer manage my time and how I approach goals, how I approach the concept of ambition and how I and how I move, you know, how I move toward that. Um, I think a lot of times we as individuals, but I mean, I can only speak for myself right now, but and, and people that I've observed as well. You know, when we when we when we set these goals and we make these goals, um, a lot of these goals seem very, very big, right? We are very ambitious goals we have you know we have big dreams but a lot of times the dreaming big and the big dreams and the big ambitions um tend to intimidate us like we'll make them but they intimidate us and so that type of intimidation sometimes cripples us and it creates fear and then we end up not accomplishing what we set out and then we start saying, well, maybe I was dreaming too big. Maybe I was thinking too big when that's not actually the case. It's really, you know, some people can maybe, you know, oh, I have a huge dream and they could just tackle it in one big piece. But I think the majority of us, especially me, when we make these big goals and we or we set these big goals and we have these big dreams, we we have we have the pie and then we have to figure out how do we dissect it? What marginal steps can I take to achieve to ultimately achieve the goal? So I want to talk about that TEDx talk entitled um, I just had it out here and now it went away. Um, The TEDx that's entitled How to Achieve Your Most Ambitious Goals by Stephen Dunier. Dunier. I'm pretty sure I um, butchered his last name. But if you go on YouTube, you can Google that. And so I, I think, I mean, it was very helpful for me. And I think that it will be extremely helpful for you. But before 
I get into um, the discussion of the TEDx talk. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, uh, every week I share a highlight of my week. And the reason I do that is to acknowledge, you know, what's going on in my life, acknowledge my wins, you know, whether they're small, whether they're big, acknowledge my losses, reflect on areas of improvement. So sometimes something will happen that highlights or that signals an area of improvement. And I think it's important to, to, you know, delve in that and to really grasp and appreciate that revelation because it's all about self-improvement, at least for me. And I think that also by highlighting something, you know, in the week, it doesn't always have to be positive, but having a highlight, it allows you to be, you know, more grounded and grateful. You know, it's really easy to become ungrateful, I think, in this life and to be so caught up in what you don't have and what's not going right. Um, as you know, and, and I feel like by, by focusing on, you know, what's not happening, the negatives, it, it takes away our gratitude because to be honest, I mean, we should be grateful that we're even able to wake up and to see another day and to get another opportunity at life and to get an opportunity to, to, you know, to achieve goals, to set goals, and just to live. And, you know, some people might think that that's just very basic, like, oh, you know, well, okay, you know, we're alive, whoop-de-doo. But it's actually a really big deal when you think about it, because not many people entered into the new year, and not many people were able to see this new decade. And so I think even on that basic level of we were able to wake up this morning, I think that, you know, just being grateful for that is important. So, That's why I do the highlight of the week, just to be able to kind of keep me in tune with what's going on in my life. Because, you know, introspection is very important. Self-reflection is very important. And I think that that's a tool, though those are tools rather for growth. So this week's highlight is my real is my realization that I need to find a (laughs) low pressure environment to work in. Notice I did not say stress-free because at first I was saying things like I need stress-free, I need low pressure. And, you know, I, in all honesty, there is nothing that's truly stress-free in this life. There, there can be stressful moments, there can be stressful tendencies, but nothing is truly stress-free. But I realized that as I'm getting older and, you know, being more in tune with who I am, I think a lot of times we don't really know who we are. And I'm still, I'm not 100% sure sometimes. I'm still figuring it out. But I have a good sense of who I am. I know my personality. I know what I like, what I don't like. But I think sometimes, especially when it comes to career, when it comes to jobs, we tend to fool ourselves into thinking that we're something that we're not or or thinking that we could handle things that not not that we can't handle them but that we shouldn't handle them so for example you know i had realized throughout my career as a lawyer that sometimes you know the um certain settings um tend to you know cause me great anxiety it's not that the work it's not the work that causes me the issue because i have no problem with hard work i mean even in my side hustles i work pretty hard in my side hustles but i enjoy them so it doesn't really feel like work even though it could be stressful it's not stress that's shocking to my nervous system and to my core but what i realize is that settings where 
there is management issues and where there are structural deficiencies tend to create issues for me. I'm an individual who likes certainty in my life. I like things to be, you know, as certain as they can because life is full of twists and turns. I get that. But to the extent that it could be certain, I appreciate that. I appreciate structure. And sometimes people confuse um, confuse me or I get confused when I say this. So they don't quite understand what I'm saying. Some You can work in a hectic environment, meaning there, you know, it's an environment where it's very fast paced. Things can come to you left and right. But there is still a structure. There is still a structure, meaning you have a job description, you have a jo- you have a role, you know, there are certain protocols put in place how to handle certain things. There is a there is a model. The office could be crazy. It could be, you know, it could be a crazy environment, it could be very fast paced, but there is still a structure in place. There is still protocols. There is still a system. I realize that I cannot work effectively in an environment that has no structure and that has no system. And I find that working in environments that lack structure cause a create a different type of stress in which my body just is not about. It's not about that life. It's not about that life. I've worked in plenty of stressful stressful uh agencies in my legal career. And, you know, and as crazy as they were and as wild as they were, there was still a structure. And so I was still able to manage and handle. But what I'm realizing is that, you know, a lot of times we, you know, when we're trying to elevate and when we're trying to better ourselves, sometimes we make decisions not based on who we are, but what we think we should be. And I feel like that's very detrimental and it might not affect you right away, but it will affect you later on, especially if you're somebody like me where mentally I could be fine handling something, but physically my body is like, I don't, I don't know where you're going with this. And since you think mentally that you can handle this, I'm going to show you who's boss and I'm going to shut your body down. And so this the last couple of weeks, my body has literally been giving out on me. I have been experiencing full body swells and inflammation. In fact, as I am speaking to you right now, I have, I am experiencing inflammation like my entire body is like going in some sort of crisis mode. My blood pressure is all high. I am going to the doctor, people. So don't think I'm just sitting on it. You know, unfortunately, we have to make appointments and people can't be seen right away. But it's just to tell you that this stuff is real. Like stress is real. Um, You know, illness is in, in, you know, that's induced by stress is real. Like these, it's real. And I feel like a lot of us, especially those of us in our 30 somethings, women, you know, we we have been programmed to think that we in order for us to be successful, in order for us to achieve new heights, we have to go through this, you know, this this cookie cutter um pathway. You know, a lot of us are allowing ourselves to be mistreated. We're allowing ourselves to be abused. We're allowing ourselves to to be deprived of so many things in order to to achieve this greatness that we don't even think we want. 
I mean, I had to realize for myself that I don't want to be anybody's boss. I want to be a boss, but I don't want to be anybody's boss. I also realized that this whole corporate rat race is also not for me because my personality doesn't jive with that. Like I, you know, I like things to make sense (laughs) to the most that, you know, to the best that they can make sense. I like to think logically. I like to be efficient. I like to be effective. And I realize that a lot of times in these types of structures, that that type of common sense, that type of, you know, logic, that type of, you know, effectiveness and efficiency is not there. It's just not there. And if you're somebody who gets frustrated with, um, with, again, lack of structure and and illogical and irrational ways of doing things, it will drive you crazy. And it's just not a good, it's just not a good look. And so I think that for me, going back to the highlight, it's just really paying attention and really making decisions like, I don't need to do this <laughs> anymore. I don't need to, to, to live my life like this. Like, who exactly am I trying to please by going down this pathway and by allowing myself to do these things that are clearly not making sense to me and are not making sense to my life? Like, it's one of those things where you realize when you hear, oh, so-and-so quit her job to go make like yoga pants and she's living her best life. And you're sitting here wondering like, who the hell would do such a thing? But then when you start like, you know, convulsing and, you know, you're having high blood pressure and you find yourself in urgent care because of like work stress, now you're like, man, I wish I left to go make yoga pants. Like, what can I do? Um, so I felt like that was really important for me. So although I'm not crazy and I'm not, I'm not quitting my job today or maybe even tomorrow or hell, it might not even, it might be a year from now. Who knows? I definitely have put it in my mind that this, you know, in order for me to survive, in order for me to have a good quality of life, in order for me to truly achieve the success that I know that I can achieve, I need to start making changes. I need to start taking risks that I was afraid to take before for whatever reason. Um, I need to start challenging, you know, um, ideologies and, and challenging, you know, myself and really figuring out what is it that you want to do? What will truly make you happy? How can you monetize that? How can you really, you know, how can you really be amazing and reach these ambitious goals without killing yourself, right? So that is my very in-depth highlight of the week. So going Back to what I was saying um, earlier in 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 respect to with respect to the TEDx talk. So going into this discussion of the of of how to um, achieve, you know, your ambition, your ambitious goals, or how to achieve your most ambitious goals, um, it was really what was really insightful, I guess, for me is the fact that you had this individual, Stephen, and I'm not going to say his last name because I keep messing it up. So I'm going to call him Stephen like he's my homie. You have an individual by the name of Stephen who is identifying himself 
as an undisciplined individual who's identifying himself as like, you know, I was a C student. I was the kid that was running all over the place. My mind was everywhere. I could never sit anywhere for five minutes. And when we go back and we think about an individual like that, we're the first thing we think of is hot mess, not really going to make you know, make, make out to be anything in life. Right. Um, I mean, that's how society views C students and, you know, children with ADHD or ADD or people who are just kind of undisciplined and all over the place. They are not seen. Society doesn't view these individuals to really be valuable contributors to the society. They are probably, you know, somebody who we, who fits that description might be viewed as, oh, you're going to be somebody's mechanic or you're going to be working behind the cashier for the rest of your life. They're not really seen as individuals who are going to really rise to the occasion and be multimillionaires and billionaires. So Stephen was talking about how most of his life like this is, you know, this is kind of who he was. And he was kind of just operating on on this notion that, well, you know, I'm a C student. Um you know, I can't sit around for too long. I can't sit still. And, you know, he wasn't doing that well. He went to college. He was, you know, getting bad grades. And he had to make a decision, though. Like one day it snapped to him like, you know, I want I want to achieve goals and I want to reach new heights. But how do I do that? You know, with me being an undisciplined individual, as you know, somebody C student, low motivation, can't sit still for, for too long. Like how how do I achieve ambitious goals how do I change this system how do I become better and it's funny because as he's saying this you know I'm thinking about myself most people wouldn't consider me to be an undisciplined individual who's all over the place or a C student although I am not a C student but or nor was I a C student um in terms of being undisciplined I I I actually consider myself to be somewhat undisciplined. I have points in my life where I am very disciplined, but I have other points in my life where I am undisciplined and I would consider myself to the most part an undisciplined person. I just learned how to work through that and, you know, do what I need to do. But what I think was really important about um about the talk was that Marginal, marginal steps is kind of like the key way for anyone, especially people like myself, to really achieve great goals. What I learned from this TEDx talk is that sometimes you have to break down the big dream and the big goal and make it workable for you. So, for example, for me, the other day I had a big win when I brought my lunch to work. <laughs> and some people might not think this is a big win and might be like, okay, Rita, whatever. But it was a big win for me because I have been wanting to meal prep for a very long time, not just so that I can save money, but also so that I could, um, you know, so that I could really, you know, be on a more healthier track. And so I could really just, you know, do something that's beneficial to the household. I I just felt like if I if I was just able to meal prep, I would save money. I would I could eat healthier, and I could just feel good about something, right? 
Um, and I've attempted to meal prep so many times. I've bought the Tupperware off of Amazon. I've bought like, you know, the pounds of meat. I've bought the packs of iceberg lettuce and baby spinach and arugula and all this extra stuff only for them to be chilling in my refrigerator to the point where I'd have to throw them out again. And so for me, I'm like, what is the point of meal prepping and buying all this stuff to prep food when it's only going to waste anyways, because I'm not really using it. And so therefore I have to now, you know, it's just better for me to just buy food on the outside on a daily basis. So After listening to this TED Talk, I'm like, marginal steps. If you take marginal steps, small steps to achieve the goal that you want, it can it can be the it can make the world of a difference. So the other day I went to Target. I said, Oh, Target sells salmon now. Now I know some of you are a little weary, thinking, "Mm, I don't know if I want to get salmon from Target, but it looked it looked Trader Joe's quality. It did. It was Alaskan Norwegian wild caught, allegedly. So I bought it and I'm like, I'm going to meal prep this week. I bought the salmon. I went back to the vegetable aisle and I was like, let me try this again. And I bought a big pack of baby spinach. I bought this pack of wild rice and I came home. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make dinner, but I'm going to make enough to take to work because I'm meal prepping. (laughs) I prepared the meal with the intention to take it to work. Now, some of you might not might not agree. And you guys might say that's not meal prep. Meal prep is when you make food for the entire week. But remember, I am in in a lot of respects, actually, an undisciplined person. I might be disciplined at work, but in everything else in my life. Well, not everything else, but in a lot of things in my life, like the gym and my health and stuff like that, I am undisciplined. When it comes to the personal stuff, I guess I would say I'm undisciplined. So for a regular person who might be very disciplined, they might be able to sit there and prep the food for the entire week, right? But for someone like me who's undisciplined, me just even making the dinner, making enough to bring to work the next day, that was for me meal prep. And so it was a big win in the Rita Pierre household because I made healthy food. I made enough of it with the intention of packing it up, which I did. I packed it up in my Tupperware bowl the same night, put it in a little plastic. I even had a fancy little lunchbox that I got from, a you know, one of my FabFit fun uh, box collections, subscription services. I got a nice little Kate Spade um, lunchbox. I put, and I hate carrying extra things to work. I put it in the lunchbox and the next morning I actually carried it to work. It might not sound like a lot to a lot of people, but let me tell you, I was so proud of my meal prep. I took pictures and I sent it to my chat group to let them know that I am on the right path. And so that was one day, right? And then so the next day, I did the same thing. And the hope is, is that Sunday, I might get the, the bug and I might feel the energy to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make food for the entire week or maybe... Maybe so I don't get ahead of myself, I might say I will make food, enough food from Monday to Wednesday. 
it's it's about taking little steps. It's about taking marginal steps to be able to achieve. The end goal for me is to meal prep on a weekly basis. So every day I'm bringing a healthy meal into work so that one, I'm saving money, but two, I'm also eating healthy. I'm staying away from the foods that I know are harmful to me and that are caught, you know, that are exacerbating whatever, whatever is going on in my life. I feel like, you know, what, what I truly took away from this TEDx talk is that you have to be real with yourself. I think a lot of times we're afraid to be real with ourselves. I'm not really sure why that is, but I know that for me that, 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 that had been a struggle and is a struggle in certain aspects of my life where I just can't face the music. I just can't accept, you know, certain things. I can't, I can't be real. And so I feel like figuring out how to be real with yourself, confronting the fact that, crap, I'm not actually as disciplined as I thought I was. Everybody thinks I'm disciplined, but I'm really not. And so it's like a lot of times we get caught up in whatever the perception of us is, perception of us is. <laughs> I feel like my grammar is always like under attack. But, um, you know, so the world perceives us in a particular way, right? Our friends and family perceive us in a particular way. And that perception, for whatever reason, dictates how we move in life and how we think of ourselves. And so if the perception is Rita is a disciplined person who's on point, who's this, who's that, yes, I will see myself in that way. And there's nothing wrong with seeing yourself in that way. But here is where the issue lies. You you get caught up in this perception and you're afraid to do things that are actually going to benefit you. You're afraid to take courses of action that will actually benefit you and will actually be be um, empowering for you because you're afraid that if you engage in a course of action to better your life, others then will take note and say, wait, I thought Rita was disciplined. Why is she doing that? Or I thought Rita was X, Y, and Z. Why is she doing that? Does, does that mean she's not disciplined? Why is she seeking extra help? I thought that she was an independent, confident woman who doesn't need anybody. Why is she relying on people? Or why is she asking people to donate? Like people start asking these, or we think people, I guess, are going to be asking these questions. And that derails us and that blocks us from doing things that will actually improve and enrich our lives. And so aside from being real with ourselves and really confronting our, our, our demons and really saying, you know what, I actually do need the extra help. I actually do need that ADD medication because I've been struggling all my life thinking that I can do it because I don't want anybody else to, you know, I don't want anybody to think anything about me. I don't want people to like think that I'm faking or whatever. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to suffer and struggle to maintain whatever the status quo is, right? So I think that being trying to figure out ways to be real with ourselves, because it's not easy. You can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to be real. It's not, especially if you've been living a life where you haven't been so real with yourself. It's not easy. So you have to figure out a way to be real with yourself so that you can better yourself. Like you can't be better. We can't, uh, we can't say, oh, I'm, you know, new year, new me or better me if we're not willing to be real with ourselves and truly identify what it is that we need in order to, you know, move forward in order for us to be, to be better. Um, I think that, you know, 
really acknowledging our surroundings, what's going on in, 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 in our lives. Like what are, what are the elements that are present, um, in our, you know, in our particular situations that's keeping us from reaching and achieving these ambitious goals. I think it's really important to take inventory. And I say that all the time, take inventory about what's going on in your life, take inventory about your surroundings. Let's really try to figure out like, how can we actually be better? We need to identify the things that might be obstacles, the things that are stressors, the things that are, you know, causing issue and preventing us from, you know, being the best versions of ourselves. Um, I talked about breaking down the big picture. Breaking down the big picture sounds like it could be a big task. But like for me, I have these big post-its and I think I've talked about it on past shows. I have these big post-it notes on my wall in my bedroom that, you know, that I, I, I do my best to try to break down elements of the things that I want to ultimately achieve because I know that I am a person who could get overwhelmed with the big with the end goal with the big picture big pictures actually overwhelm me although i'm an ideas person executing the big picture can be very overwhelming for me if i do not break it down into small little tasks which now i'm realizing is the marginal steps that's referred to in the tedx talk um the other thing that i'm trying to really do this year and it's not just for this year but that i've that i've you know acknowledged at least with myself is that you know going sometimes when i'm going after my goals i i'm very risk averse i'm a very risk averse person that's probably why i'm a lawyer but going after goals without having fear i can go after goals but there is a lot of reservation sometimes depending on that goal which really translates to fear and I feel like that's what keeps a lot of us from truly achieving our goals or at least achieving them in the way that's beneficial in a way that's effective in a way that's productive and efficient we go after the goals but we're still hesitant like you will we'll put in 85 percent but then like the rest of it is kind of like we're so hesitant we don't we don't move forward right with the full 100 we're kind of like just 85% in and we re- and it's like there's a reservation the rest of that is a reservation and you can't really achieve the goal <laughs> if you if you're not going at it at 100% you're always going to half ass it in a sense it's always going to be like partially done you're never going to feel settled it's like a lot of us who are in certain spaces you know, we're there, but it's like something is keeping us from being at the top of our game. That's keeping us from being the best. And sometimes we don't know what that is. But when you really go back and you evaluate like how you're achieving your goal, you might find that you're not putting 100% because the rest, like there's a percentage of fear that's crippling the entire process. Like you could put in 90%, but if you have 10% fear, that that's going to derail your entire operation because with the fear comes the doubt comes with the lack of confidence comes with you know the uh, the the aversion and I, there is the risk averse person i think is very necessary but i think it's creating a balance you can be risk averse i think it's important to really be rational and to really you know be sensible but 
there is a time and place, I think, for everything, even when it comes to personality types. And I think that sometimes um, our our fear and our being risk averse definitely keeps us from going far. Like I could imagine how far I would be if I did not have you know, this level of fear that that seems to be with me whenever it is I'm trying to really move forward with my plans and my goals. The last thing I will say is um, we need to start taking more leaps of faith. Um, But in saying that, taking the leap of faith is not just saying I'm going to open up a business this year. I'm going to go sign a lease. Taking the leap of faith is, is, is yes, I'm going to sign the lease, but you also have to put in the work. You could take the leap of faith, but you have to put in the work. And I think a lot of people get discouraged and they're like, oh, I'm not t- making sacrifices anymore or I'm not, you know, I'm not going after my this goal anymore because, you know, I took the leap and nothing happened. But you have to go back and, and, and evaluate like you took the leap. But then what did you do to sustain to sustain the leap? Right. What did you do to um, to really, you know, um, I guess, I don't know, lay the foundation so that the leap you took, you know, actually could could flourish into something positive. Right. Something productive. Um, so, I mean, this is just my ramblings and my perspective on um, on this marginal steps concept that I took from the TEDx talk. It really opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, I It really helped me see how I was approaching goals and the achieving of goals. And it really gave me some insight as to why there were a lot of things that I've attempted that I've tried that have, you know, basically failed. Um, and failure is not a bad thing. In my opinion, I think that failures definitely can serve as life lessons. It just depends on how you approach it. But the marginal steps thing, I feel like, I mean, yesterday I was talking to a friend about it and I'm like, this thing changed my life because we're so used to, you know, making big dreams or having big dreams, making big goals and trying to tackle it all at once. And what ends up happening is that when you try to tackle that big goal and then you like you fail, you know you get defeated and you just drop it all together. So a lot of us have amazing ideas that are literally at the bottom of the Hudson River because we were, we had the big dream, but we attacked it in a manner that was not productive. We, we, we attacked it all at once instead of breaking it down into smaller steps. You know, each little step is a step in the right direction, is a step in the positive direction, and is a step in a way that you will be able to achieve the ultimate goal. Like I know that I remember that the the, uh, the individual in the talk, Stephen, was saying, you know, even when it comes down to the gym, you get up out of your bed, you put on your gym clothes, you put on your sneakers, you open the door, you leave your house. Once you leave your house, you're outside. You go into the gym. You're not going to put your sneakers on, go outside the house and then be like, all right, I'm going to go back upstairs now. I don't feel this. Just a little step of putting on your sneakers. Even a marginal step like that is a step in achieving the ultimate goal, which is to take your ass to the gym. (laughs) So 
I hope that all of this was helpful. At least I hope that some of it was helpful. I know that it really it really affected me in the way that I'm moving forward now. I mean, I just took a big leap yesterday, which you guys will hear about later. Um, with respect to the podcast, with respect to just, you know, my overall side hustle life. And I'm excited about it. And I'm really try- I'm really going to move forward with this in a much more positive way than I have ever in the past. And so I hope that this is some sort of inspiration for somebody out there who is undisciplined, is an undisciplined, disciplined person, as I like to call myself, and really is trying to really achieve goals this year, really be efficient and productive in the way that they're approaching their goal getting and their, you know, their ambitious goal um achievement it's not easy but if you break it down to a plate to a way or in a manner that is helpful for you um and in, in a manner that makes sense for you i think you will begin to see the you know the the benefits of this marginal um steps concept theory as i call it so with that being said everyone thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of frida's world i Truly appreciate all of you, like I said before. Please, please, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Frida's World is available on pretty much all platforms where you can access your podcast. And do not forget to go on to our website, www.fridasworld.com. Sign up for our newsletter. And while you're doing that, follow us on Instagram at Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A-S underscore world. Uh, Follow us, DM me, like our pictures, comment, and have a good week, everyone. Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world.